Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that a Charger product? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. Made sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 259 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff, sitting alongside next to me as my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Say hello. Hello. Scott, usually we start off the show bang and all that stuff, but I don't feel that is appropriate this week. I think talking about Luke Harper, Brody Lee, I think that is the right way to start off this show also we've also had a few other passings just recently kevin green danny hodges so many that have passed away marianne from gilligan's island passed away today unfortunately and also there's one i do want to send out because eric from doing the favor already talked about this on their show but his grandmother passed away and she passed away from covid and our hearts go out to you man we're thinking of you over here uh, especially during these times during the holidays I know it makes kind of compounds everything. So from us over here, we're thinking of you. Absolutely, Eric. Our hearts go out to you, buddy. Um, yeah, Luke Harper passed away at the age of 41. And what can we say about him that hasn't been said already? You can kind of see what he meant to everybody that he touched in the wrestling world. And a lot of them talked about his talent, but everyone talked about how much of a family man he was. And I can speak as a father that... It's great when people talk about how good at your job you are or how good of a guy you are, but when somebody compliments you on how good of a dad you are or how good of a husband you are, that means way more than any other compliment you can ever receive. And I'm not going to read it, but Eric Rowan penned a really heartfelt, beautiful message to Luke Harper. And it's if somebody wrote that about me, mission accomplished in life. It was so great what he wrote about him, and you can go look it up. I'm not going to read it, but it pretty much echoed what everybody in the wrestling world is saying about him, and you and I couldn't put it any better than anybody else put it, Jeff, but he's going to be missed by his two kids and his wife, by everybody in the wrestling world, by us as figure collectors, because no more Luke Harper or Brody Lee figures, but more importantly the kids aren't going to have a father anymore. And as I said, as a dad, that's the part that hurts the worst because you really feel for those kids. But the great part is, is you see how AEW is stepping up. They gave his son a contract. And when he's of age, he is going to be in AEW as a performer. And kudos to AEW for really treating them, them being Luke Harper or Brody Lee's family, for treating them as their own family and as part of the AEW family. They're stepping up. They're taking care of one of their own, and kudos to AEW. I can't say enough good things about what they've done, but RIP Luke Harper, you are going to be missed by everybody whose lives you've touched. To tie this back into wrestling figures, I would love if Jazzwares did a Brody Lee figure. 
or or more than one. Yes, or a tribute figure or whatever it is. This one, I wouldn't mind. That is one of 100 or one of 500 or one of 1,000, whatever it is. Um, I would prefer that everybody had a shot at getting it, but yes, I would love a tribute figure to Brody. Absolutely. I think it would be great if Jazzware stepped up, teamed up with AEW and did something like that. And don't make it limited edition. Make it available to everybody. Do a, a pre-order window if you have to, but make sure everybody has a chance to get it and donate the proceeds to the family, much like CM Punk did with his t-shirt sales for Pro Wrestling Tees. All money garnered from his t-shirts are going to go to Brody Lee's family. And I think that that, you know, you step up and do something like that. It shows what Brody Lee or Luke Harper meant to everybody that interacted with him, not just from wrestlers, but to fans as well and his kids and his wife and I love seeing people step up and doing things like that. It's incredible and just speaks volumes about the person that Brody Lee was. We had the opportunity to meet him back in San Jose during WrestleMania 31 weekend. And really nice guy. I mean, it seemed like he was a little tired. That happens, man. I mean, you're on the road and that WWE schedule at the time, it wears on you. But at the same time, Brody was really nice. He was awesome. He was just, hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good. You know, you having a good time? You know, he's very personable. And he was like that with everybody. Um, I remember being in line and Luke Harper, Brody Lee had a short line. And I turned and I looked at Celeste and I said, crap, I have a Luke Harper figure at home. And we're in San Jose, so we're 30, 35 minutes away, but I can't leave access. And it sucked being in that line knowing I couldn't get that figure signed. Yeah, that does suck. And you couldn't go into the store and buy one because I don't think that they had any Luke Harper figures in there, if I'm correct. No, at that time, they were carrying Elite... Oh, man, what was it? Elite 40? 30, 39, 40? Something like that? I think that was in the Superstore at that time, but... Whatever it is, man, I didn't have the shot at getting that figure signed. What did you get signed from him? We got a uh, uh, we got a picture taken, and I think he signed a. Oh, remember the commemorative book? Oh yeah. Uh, what's a, what are those things called, Scott? The program. Program. Thank you. <laughs> it's been so so long since I've been to a live event. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot what those books were called that they saw you on the way in. <laughs> but yes, I did get the. Uh, the program sign. What is this program you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I wish I had the chance to meet him as well, Jeff, but I did not. But everything that I've heard from everybody that did get to meet him, just like what you said, great guy. And as I said, he's going to be missed in 2020 has just been really a kick in the balls. And not just in terms of losses in the world of wrestling, but as you mentioned earlier, in, in the world of entertainment and the world of sports, so many big, big losses this year. Really has. I mean, you talk about Kobe Bryant. You talk about, I mean, just even the month of December, Phil Negro, you talking about Zeus. Uh, you're talking about uh, even that young kid, the running back from Utah college, uh, passed away. And you just hate hearing that because that kid had a bright future. Because being in the West Coast, you see a lot of Pac-12 games. So I watched him run, and I'm like, man, this kid is good. He's got something. And hearing him pass away, it's just heartbreaking to hear it, especially the month of December just really hit us hard. And I know I'm missing someone, but it feels like December just really or hit us hard. Well, a few months ago, we lost Eddie Van Halen. Mm -hmm. And that one was a hard one, obviously, for a lot of people. And I just wanted to mention him quickly because I don't know if you've seen it, Jeff, but his son, Wolfgang Van Halen, 
Mm -hmm. is in a band called Mammoth, and they released a song called Distance. And the song itself is great. But if you watch the music video, jump on YouTube, type in Distance. It's probably the first thing that pops up. Uh, Mammoth WVH is actually the name of the band. The video itself is a compilation of home videos that were done with Eddie and Wolfgang. Basically, the entire span of Wolfgang's life up to this point. And they're great. But the end of the video is a voicemail that Eddie left for Wolfgang. Oh, dude. It, I mean, it grabs you right by the heartstrings. And it just tears them out. And it's funny because you listen to it. And I relate it to you and I because it sounds like the kind of voicemail that dad leaves for us. Mm -hmm. And you watch the video and you're like, oh my gosh. Like sometimes you take that voice or those, or those voicemails for granted. And then you watch yep. something like that and you're like, never again. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it's don't take life for granted. You don't know when that last moment's going to happen. And to tie it back to wrestling, you don't know the last time you're going to be able to meet one of your heroes or one of your favorites. So you cannot pass up those opportunities. Tell the people you love them. Never take those moments for granted because 2020 has really taught us that. The end can come right now. And just to kind of wrap this up really quick, Jeff, I don't want to bring the whole episode kind of to a screeching halt or a downer right off the bat, but we wanted to pay our respects. And this is kind of a 2020 in remembrance of some wrestling names that have passed away. And hopefully I'm not missing anybody here, but these were kind of the bigger ones this year. Obviously, we started off the show talking about Luke Harper or Brody Lee. Major, major loss. Animal, which was a heartbreaker. Pat Patterson. LaParka. As you mentioned earlier, Jeff, Zeus, Kamala, Howard Finkel, Shad Gaspard, Tracy Smothers. You mentioned him earlier, Jeff, Danny Hodge, Rocky Johnson, The Rock's father, and finally Bullet Bob Armstrong. I just wanted to, I kind of wanted to shine a light on those names and just say thank you for everything that you did for the world of wrestling and you are all going to be missed. The Road Warrior Animal, I remember that one hitting you pretty hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that one. And then Eddie Van Halen was right around the corner from it. It was just like a one-two punch, man. Just, ugh. But hey, look, let's pick it up. Here's the good news. By the time this show drops on Sunday, and hopefully you guys are listening to it on Sunday, hopefully you had a great and safe new year. 2020 is out the window. 2021 is in. And it was kind of neat back in the day, Jeff. We used to have this little tradition in the house that mom started. When New Year's Eve came in, we'd wait till midnight, and once midnight struck, mom would open the front door, and either you and I would open the slider in the back of the house, and the idea was you let in the new year through the front door, and you send the old year out the back door, and I think I'm going to do that this year, because 2020 just needs to get swept out, we're done with it, and here's looking forward to 2021, hopefully you all had a great and safe new year. Is that why mom did that? Yeah, you're letting the new year in and you're letting the old year out. Oh, I thought she was just letting strangers into the house or something. She... <laughs> no. And it wasn't to let a draft in either, Jeff. Oh, I was like, why are you doing this right now, mom? It's chilly. <laughs> and here are the effects of being dropped as a newborn. <laughs> but you're fine. Don't worry about it. So you guys know where to get all of our shirts, all of our podcasts, all that stuff. Just do a search on Google. You can find us. You know, send us emails to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. 
what I wanted to do to start off the show is I wanted to talk about, usually we do who did it better, but I wanted to start off the show with the best Luke Harper figure, Scott. In my opinion, it's the Bludgeon Brother. Hands down, I agree with you. Now, Luke Harper did have a basic where he was absolutely jacked. <laughs> it was, yes, jeez. <laughs> I forget what basic series that is because there's like 173 of them. Approximately, yes. He had another one in basic 82. He also had a three-pack that was a Kmart exclusive. Right. If you guys, if you guys remember Kmart, shout out Kmart, wherever they may be. <laughs> RIP Kmart. I think Kmart's and only have one left in the country, and it's like that blockbuster that's up in what Oregon, Washington. <laughs> yes, that one standalone blockbuster, like Last Man Standing. It won that match. <laughs> Luke Harper's very first figure was Elite Twenty Nine, where he had the kind of the stain around the chest area. Uh, it came with the lantern. He had another one in Elite Thirty Five, where he had two alligators with uh, rubber bands around their snouts. And then Scott mentioned it earlier, the Bludgeon Brother. I agree with you, Scott. The Bludgeon Brother was the best one. I didn't really care for the face on the Bludgeon Brother. Oh. But all the accessories that came with that Luke Harper Bludgeon Brother figure, the Thor's hammer type thing, extra hands, the jacket. The Gallagher hammer, if you will. Yes, Gallagher hammer. Yes. He needed a watermelon. <laughs> I know that wasn't the gimmick, but he needed a watermelon. Anyways, <laughs> all the accessories made that figure... Luke Harper's best figure. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, I was talking with Tim the other day about Luke Harper. Uh, Tim from Twitter, at a chair shot. And we talked about kind of how he was never really given a chance to really blossom. It seemed like there was a lot of start-stop with him. Obviously, he started out really hot with the Wyatt family. And he did go on to have that, uh, that multi-man ladder match at WrestleMania play button that you and I were at, Jeff. Yep. But it seemed like he was never really given that chance to to blossom because he was great. Everybody talked about how great he was in the ring and the talent that he had. But it seemed like WWE never gave him that chance to shine. Every chance he did get, he killed it. He was great. But it never led to anything major. And it seemed like he finally got that shot with the Bludgeon Brothers. It seemed like they were finally going to invest in he and Rowan as a tag team. And they were great. They were definitely believable. They had that big win at WrestleMania 34. It was incredible. And you're thinking, okay, this is building to something. And then Rowan got hurt. And that really, it it ended the team, essentially. And it was really unfortunate because I think had Rowan not gotten hurt, that really could have built to something. And you just think, barring that injury, maybe that would have been the big payoff to all those years of kind of doing the start-stop thing with, with Harper. And unfortunately, and it really makes me angry, he was almost wasted by WWE the last two years, two or three years. They just didn't have anything for him. And how do you not find something for a guy that talented? It's just, it's frustrating. And we could have had a lot of great Harper matches and we didn't get those because WWE creative just for whatever reason couldn't find anything to do with Luke Harper. And it was great to see him bet on himself get that release from WWE, jump over to AEW, have an impact there. And I think it's a great way for him to be remembered. His run in AEW, they really invested in him. He showed what he could do. He had some great matches with Cody. And that's the way I'm going to remember him. And it, it, it pisses me off, honestly, because we could have had another two or three years of Luke Harper matches in WWE. 
They just didn't know what the hell to do with him, and that's frustrating. It was great seeing him team with Cena against Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. I can't remember what year it was, but it was a Monday night house show at the Oakland Coliseum. Cena didn't even get in that ring that much. Harper took a majority of the bumps. I was hoping that that would be the start of something for Harper. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like they were going to go that way. And then they pulled the plug out from underneath them right then. Exactly. And to be perfectly fair, they did the same thing with Rowan. It it seems like Mm -hmm. there were a lot of start stops there as well. And it's just unfortunate. And I guess it's all kind of as a fan, it's sour grapes at this point. But I'm glad that he was able to shine for that brief time in AEW, and it really showed what he could do and what he brought to the table. I was waiting for Bray Wyatt's post. I knew it was going to be coming, and man, when he sent that out, you you know how when you read something, you feel it? Yes. That was one that you felt. Yes, and for me, that was Rowan's post that he left about about Brody Lee. Yeah. So anyways, uh, 41 years old, man. I'm 41, and that he was in way better shape than I ever was, I'll tell you. And (laughs) You know, it, it just kind of hits you when you're like, holy crap, I'm 41 and that happened to him. So, yep. And that's why it's just to say it again. Don't take anything for granted, man. You don't take that time that you've got for granted. There was one interview he did where he was talking about he got action figures and he was more than happy to just pass the action figures down to his son. And it when he mentioned that, I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Scott and I need wrestling figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have a sale of two. I'll buy mine, you'll buy yours, end of story. (laughs) Sold out in seconds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Limited edition of one each. (laughs) See, this is the funny thing. Jazzwares has all these one of 100s and one of 500s and one of 1,000. See, Scott and I have one of two. (laughs) Scott Scott gets one, I get one, sold out in seconds. See, we're marketable by that way. Hey, you know what? Never say never because Blue Meanie's podcast host got a figure. Never say never. So I hate to say it, and it pains me to say it, but R.I.P. John Huber, R.I.P. Luke Harper, R.I.P. Brody Lee are for sure definitely going to be missed in the wrestling world. And as Scott said, all the positivity and all the positive posts that have come out just shows what kind of man he was. So, so Scott, I'm going to ask you, did you get any wrestling figures for Christmas? I did not. I did not. Due to budget, Shannon and I did not exchange gifts this year. But we basically called my Black Friday hunt, which I talked about previously. We called that my Christmas gift. And Shannon got a ghost zip-up hoodie. So Yeah, those were kind of in between Thanksgiving and Christmas gifts that were just like, oh, we'll call it Christmas. So due to budget, the budget that we did have went to the two kids and Shannon's nephew. So no, no wrestling figures for Christmas. But Jeff, that does not mean that I don't have my eye on something on eBay right now. I'm currently watching a War Games playset that is still at a decent price compared to what it was selling for on RSC originally. So I'm kind of eyeballing that, watching the eBay auctions, hoping it doesn't go up too, too high. It's at a reasonable price right now, kind of in my wheelhouse. So hopefully by the end of this weekend, I will be the proud owner of a War Games playset. Otherwise, I'll have a good cry over it and stay on the hunt. And save, let's say, what, about 150 bucks? Yes, exactly. And I do want to throw out a huge thanks to Jeremy Conrad, who reached out to me and asked if I had purchased the Breakin' set from Super 7. Uh-huh. And I told him, you know, due to budget, no, I didn't pick that one up. It was one I just kind of had to scratch off the list. I didn't pick it up. And Jeremy's just going to send it to me. 
Dude, Jeremy did the same thing for me. He busted open a uh, Buster Posey, like a three and three quarter figure. Oh, a Super 7? It wasn't exactly Super 7. I think it was a Tops, but it was in that Super 7 three and three quarter scale. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, oh you know what? That might have been a Playmakers. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. He was like, do you want this? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Anything San Francisco Giants, of course, I'll take it off your hands. Oh, that's so cool. A hell of a guy. Like, we love yeah. Jeremy. He has sent us so many pictures from the different events that he's been to. So we love him around here. And Jeremy, I just wanted to make sure I said thank you for that break and set. It will definitely go proudly on display. So I did get some stuff for Christmas. I got the Rocky Johnson Elite. Nice. I also got, or actually I should say you and I got from the great Christopher Dean, Stunning Steve Austin as a Christmas gift from Christopher Dean. Christopher Dean got you and I each a stunning Steve Austin figure. That is so awesome. You told me right before we started recording. So Christopher, I am going to text you, but just so you hear it on the show too, thank you so much for that. That was definitely one that's on my list that I can scratch off. Thank you very much for the Christmas present. And the other one I got for Christmas, uh, actually mom got this for me. I had told her about it, sent her the link and she purchased it, but it was the Hiromu Takahashi 16D figure. I love it. It's my favorite 16D figure that they have made so far. He's holding Carol and Hiromu just has this Hiromu face. And I love everything about it, dude. It's my favorite 16D that they have done, dude. I love it. That's awesome. Mom picked that up for me for Christmas. And yeah. So anyways, that's my Chris. that was my Christmas gifts. And thank you, Christopher Dean, man. Very, very cool. Yeah, it sounds like a good Christmas. How good is that Rocky Johnson figure? It's excellent. You can't say enough good things about it. The robe, the purple, uh, it, it just looks great. It was literally on the outside cusp of an honorable mention for 2020. And there were so many good figures this year. Like that top 10 list, if these years keep getting better and better like they have been, we may have to expand it to like 20 or at least 15 because it's so hard to narrow it down to 10. We will turn it up to 11. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Scott, there's no news this week, so we're going to jump right into the listener segment. What do you say? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people, and I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, our first question comes in from our buddy Norm out here in the Bay Area. Norm says, I'm starting a new project to reorganize my figures. How do you do it? By era, wrestler, faction, or brand? I'm thinking by era for myself, then stables, or maybe even Survivor Series Wargame teams. I have one section for pro wrestling guerrilla wrestlers only. And then the Bullet Club members. What would you guys do? Well, for me, I would most likely go by era. Because for me, that's just how I would sort them out in my brain. Like, okay, here's my 80s group. And here's my 90s group. Maybe here is... Now, when you get into the 90s, okay, maybe here's my WCW 90s era group. And here's my Attitude Era WWE group. And so on. And then when you get into the 2000s, everything kind of starts to blend together a little bit. But I would definitely have 80s blended together. And then when you get to 90s, even for 80s, you could go WCW and WWF. And then when you get over to the 90s, you could have WWF and WCW. So it would be, for me, it would be twofold. I would go both era and federation. 
uh, when I was putting up my mint on card collection throughout my room, I had to keep certain things together. For example, the heart foundation and the bulldogs always had to remain together. But then like one section over, it would be like Jerry Lawler and Jimmy Hart. Like there's a connection there. I mean, they were in the same federations a couple of times, but there wasn't really a rhyme or reason why they were together. But other times I would have to leave Brett and Sean together, or I would leave Sammy and Kevin together. There was a reason why I left these guys together, but most of the time there wasn't really a rhyme or reason. Now, if you have a loose shelf, I think I would agree with Scott. And Scott, you actually go the Rad Chad route. Rad Chad does that same exact thing. He's got 80s, 90s all set up in his detolfs. Uh, Separated by Federation, though? No, he went by, I believe he went by 80s or 90s. Rad Chad, hit me up, dude. Let me know what you... Well, you know what I'm I'm kind of thinking in my head is you've seen that poster where it's it's each federation facing each other. Yeah. So like say 80s WWF would be on one side and 80s NWA slash WCW are on the other side and they're all kind of facing off against each other like they're ready to go to war. And they've got everybody right. matched up like the heavyweight champions, the intercontinental champion, tag team champions, so on. That would be kind of a pretty cool display. I don't know if you could fit all of that inside of a Detolf or... I, and maybe a shelf, but it would be kind of cool to kind of have them at an angle and then all matched up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Hogan and Flair next to each other and maybe Sting and Ultimate Warrior. And then, I don't know, Heart Foundation or Bulldogs and then Road Warriors on the other side. Like something like that, I think would be really, really cool and would just give it that extra touch. You know what you need is you need Colonel Robert Parker, Harlem Heat and Sid on one side and Sting and Davey on the other with the Shockmaster coming through at wall. That, that'd be great. That's It captures a federation and an era, Scott. It does. And you could even put the package Shockmaster. Yeah, You wouldn't even need to take him out of the package. He's already displayed that way for you. See, when we put our heads together, we actually do some magical stuff, Scott. Yes. Now, you'd also need an exploding boat. Yes. You also need a helicopter to fly Sting up to some mountains to visit Vader and Harley Race. Correct. Yes, yes, you need all of those things. So maybe you need a bigger cabinet to display all this stuff in. Yeah, you actually need a room to set up these scenes. Agree, yes. <laughs> Man, where do you find a mountaintop diorama? Somebody will make it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Somebody will make it for their science class when they go back to school. <laughs> Good point, yes. Grab that volcano from the science fair. You're going to need it. Thank you for your question, Norm Scott. Next question comes in from the great, the wonderful, and... A new fantasy football champion, Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my weekly question. And, well, this is the first question of 2021. Well, technically, too, I'm I'm asking it in 2020, so this is my last question of 2020, but my first question of 2021. Oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. Anyway, as I'm recording this at a very, very last minute... AEW is having their tribute show to Brody Lee. I'm sure earlier in the episode, you guys have already talked about it. But my question for you guys revolves kind of around this show. What was the first death in professional wrestling that hit you? For me, it was May 23rd, 1999, or technically to May 24th, 1999. And that would be the death of Owen Hart. Owen Hart was a wrestler growing up that I hated. I mean, as a kid who was a huge Bret Hart fan, I did not like Owen Hart. If I were to compare it to anything, 
Owen Hart and Bret Hart felt like Thor versus Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So always being a Bret Hart guy, rooting against Owen Hart, it seemed like no matter what Owen did, I was against him. But once he died, that's when I had the realization that these guys, whether I boo them or I cheer them, they put on endless amount of entertainment hours for me, and I love them. And as much as I, quote, didn't like Owen Hart and rooted against him, I still had the love and appreciation for him. A couple years ago, I got the opportunity to meet Jeff Jarrett. And to me, Jeff Jarrett was kind of in that realm of Owen Hart. And I obviously know those two are friends. After I got my picture and autograph, I pulled him aside and I said, you were one of my favorite bad guys growing up. I compared him to Owen Hart and how like no matter what, I always hated you guys. And he snapped back into that character and he said, all right, piss off, kid. Side note, later that evening when he came out to the AIW show, they started playing With My Baby Tonight and he went around the crowd having people sing the song. I was the first person he went to. I got real excited. But going back to it, the Owen Hart accident and death is that part of my wrestling fandom that I look back and say, this was the moment that wrestling pivoted for me. I'd always knew that it was scripted, but when a wrestler died that I always rooted against, it was the moment I realized I'm still going to miss him and I love professional wrestling. Once again, thank you for everything you guys do, all the hard work you put in with this community, and a special thank you actually to Jeff when I put out a tweet last weekend kind of asking for some fantasy football help. Didn't tag him, but he responded. Maybe wasn't 100% the best advice, but I don't have to be mad at him for losing because I won that fantasy championship. You guys take care. I can't wait to hear more of this show in 2021, and I will take my answer off the air. Take care, friends. Okay, so I was like 1.23 off in the comparison. He asked, do I start Ryan Tannehill against Green Bay or Russell Wilson against, and I can't remember who Seattle played last weekend. Russell Wilson hasn't been doing well the past few weeks. So I said Ryan Tannehill, I missed it by 1.2 or something. 1.23 was the point differential between Russell and Ryan Tannehill. So that still falls within a good margin. So I wasn't 100% correct, but I was close enough. Well, you did better there than you did with your 2020 uh, wrestling figure predictions, Jeff. Oh, way off on that. Way (laughs) off. Stick to fantasy football. (laughs) Absolutely hideous. Hey, I won one of my two championships. I I put up 164 points in in a one-point PPR league. No bonus points. I put up 164 points and still lost in the championship. Oh, you got boat raced. I hate when that happens. Oh, dude, the guy I was playing had Mike Evans, who dropped a 40-burger on me, even though I had Alvin Kamara, who dropped a 55-burger on Christmas Day. I still lost because his team just went off for 189 points. Well, look, second place still gets money, so that's a win. Yep, got 250 bucks from that league. Not too shabby. Back to Justin's question, the first death that kind of hit me. So the first death I actually remember, and Scott, you may have to correct me on the time frame on this. I don't remember if it was Texas Tornado first or if it was Dino Bravo first. I want to say Texas Tornado went first. I believe that. Don't quote me because like you, my timelines are a little bit messed up. But 
Yeah, I believe Texas Tornado passed away first. So that is the first one that I couldn't believe. Like some, I remember being at a birthday party. It was a, it was a sleepover, and it was all the guys playing Nintendo and eating pizza, and you know, I th- I forget how old we were. I think it was like ten or eleven. Anyways, playing Baby Elephant. Oh my God! And what is Baby Elephant, Scott? Nah, well, keep moving. Do you want me to go to Urban Dictionary? No, or I don't. Keep moving. Go- keep oh, it moving. Okay, go to Urban Dictionary. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't playing that. But I remember somebody said, hey, Texas Tornado died. And I was like, Carrie Von Eric? And they're like, yeah, he died. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I, I couldn't fathom. I couldn't wrap my head around that he had passed away. This is like the first time that I had heard of a wrestler passing away. I know the story behind the Von Erics now, but I didn't register all that because David was a little bit before my time. So Carrie was the first actual one that really hit me when you were a texas tornado or carrie von eric fan correct correct i do remember adrian adonis passing away i remember scott telling me that one because i think you had read that in a pro wrestling illustrated i believe so yeah because again there was no internet back then so that's kind of how we got all of our information it was either a pwi or a newspaper article i can't remember what exactly it was but it didn't phase me like texas tornado did so i would go texas tornado Uh, was the very first one that kind of rattled me. It it almost ruined my night because I was like, I can't believe Carrie died. I got to tell Scott. Like, how do I tell Scott? I'm not home right now. I'm at this uh, birthday party. You know, I could, I, I, the first thing I thought of was how do I tell Scott? For me, Jeff, I'm going to echo what Justin said, but I don't, I don't know why in my brain it works like this, but Owen Hart's death is kind of separate from the other wrestlers that have passed away, especially in recent years, because Owen's death, we were actually watching the pay-per-view, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners were. We were watching the pay-per-view when it happened. So it was almost like you were a part of what was going on where the wrestler deaths that have happened, especially recently, you know, you read about it on the internet and it sucks, but it felt like you were living through that one. And for me, it was very, very different than just reading about a death on the internet. I don't want to downplay a death. It's just reading about a death. But you know what I mean? It was very different. You felt like you were living through the ordeal that Owen was going through versus going on to WrestleZone or whatever and seeing or social media and seeing that somebody has passed away. It was very, very different. And again, I I guess my brain just works differently in that I, I, I lump Owen's passing differently than all of my other favorites that have passed away. So... I guess this is kind of a two-part answer in that Owens, because we were watching live when it was going down and you were kind of getting updates on his condition as it was happening, poor JR having to do that because obviously he's going through emotional distress watching this unfold and Jerry Lawler comes back into the shot and you almost knew right away like, okay, this this is not going to be a happy ending here. This is going to be horrible. And sure enough, and you're watching them agonize on having to carry the broadcast forward. Like you were living every moment with JR and Jerry Lawler. And that was so hard as a fan. You're like, come on, Owen, come on. And then they break the bad news and it was just soul crushing. But that one was kind of separate. And the ones that have happened more recently, I would say over the last decade or so, or even going back further, say over the last 20 years, Hawk was a very hard one to process. You texted me and it worked. You actually called me at work and just, it took me back. Like I'm in work mode going, going, going. And then you called me and hit me with that. And it was just like, oh man, you just, everything kind of grinds to a halt and you have to just kind of process that. 
And that one was really hard. Uh, getting the text message about Macho Man, because that's how I found out he passed away. I'll never forget getting that text message. And again, you're at work and you're kind of in work mode and you get that text message. Everything kind of stops and you're like, oh man. And then you're grieving. You didn't know this person, but you grew up with them. They were a hero. And it, it just, ugh, it breaks your heart. Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. when he passed away, seeing that come across, I actually got it from one of the sports apps that I've got on my phone. And it breaks across my phone, an alert, Ultimate Warrior passes away from a heart attack. It's like, what? Like, the dude was just at everything this past weekend for WrestleMania. Like, how? how is this even possible? This isn't even fair. That one was really hard. And Dusty Rhodes yeah. was very, very hard to deal with. Um, big Dusty fan growing up. You and I both, Jeff. Getting that news was just, ugh. And then, of course, Dustin and Cody in the wrestling world. And, oh, man, just you became even more of a fan of them carrying on their father's legacy. And, of course, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I've said it always that he is the best performer all around that wrestling has ever seen. From in-ring to out of the ring on commentary to selling you a product or a pay-per-view to doing commentary on primetime wrestling or Monday Nitro, whatever it was, Bobby Heenan excelled at it. When he passed, that was a hard one for me to process as well. Uh, One other one that I want to bring up is the Junkyard Dog. Oh, God, yes. That one was really hard, especially the way it went down. I remember finding that one out through a shotgun Saturday night, and it was like a last-minute thing that said R.I.P. J.Y.D., and I remember I, I was on a uh, a guy's trip. We were all hanging out. I think we were all headed down to Disneyland or something like that. It was a vacation for all of us. But we were in the room and I put on Shotgun Saturday Night. We're all watching wrestling. And then all of a sudden the ending says RIP JYD. And I'm like, what? Like that just threw me back. And I wouldn't say it ruined the trip, but I mean, it really kind of put a damper on it. I do have to say that is this the first death since Chris Benoit? of an active wrestler from a big promotion. Yes, yeah, since Benoit, I believe so, Jeff, of that stature. Yeah. I believe so. An active wrestler. And you know what? Also, kudos to everyone in AEW for keeping this under wraps. Y- yes. In a business where so much leaks to the internet, everyone in AEW kept this under wraps. And for them to do that, kudos to them. Justin, thank you for your question, your first question of 2021. Thank you very much, man. We always look forward to these, and Happy New Year to you and your family. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. For my first weekly question of the year, I want to give you guys my predictions for 2021 regarding wrestling figures. Nothing personal, Jeff, but I do think your prediction on Super 7's New Japan line is going to be wrong. I think New Japan should be more understanding that, hey, there was a pandemic, not much you can do. I also feel Super 7 should be given credit for not rushing these things out and making them sloppy and bad. Next up, if the line does end, I don't think that will mean no New Japan figures from Super 7. With the blessing of New Japan, we'll probably get one to three New Japan guys individually here and there. Scott, to go off your Dexter Loomis prediction, <laughs> the easiest prediction of, like, ever. <laughs> Leading off the game with a single. Nothing wrong with that. Scott, here's my prediction. The show's going to drop on Sunday, January 3rd, and tomorrow will be January 4th. Uh, see? That's good, dude. Right there. Boom. You're correct. Well done. Back to JT's question. I think, in general, NXT is going to continue to have a strong showing in the Elite line. 
Also, Mattel is hopefully going to see the sales of the War Games set as a sign that figure collectors are hungry for playsets and, at the very least, give us another backstage playset while waiting to release the big toys after COVID is completely gone. And, regarding video games, around March to June we'll start hearing more about WWE 2K22 and around Comic-Con sooner we'll hear about AEW's video game with more gameplay footage and info. Those are some solid predictions. Um, Regarding New Japan Super 7, I don't think it's the pandemic that kept these figures behind. Just a personal opinion. New Japan is very stingy, and this is just from what I've seen. In a personal opinion, New Japan seems very stingy and doesn't know their worth. For example, when I went to the New Japan Long Beach show, the very first time they came to the States, the G1 special, they didn't bring enough merchandise. And sure enough, they ran out after day one. And it was a two-nighter. Dude, that show that they did at the Cow Palace in San Francisco? Yes. They sold out of the tracksuit. And they were sold out of a lot of merch at that show. Yes, so I think they're very stingy on their merchandise and very protective. I do think the pandemic did play a big part. I wouldn't be shocked. It just, again, this is a personal opinion. and This is allegedly. I wouldn't be shocked if New Japan held up those figures for a little bit to get everything right. To make everything perfect. You know, make sure Okada had the perfect jacket. Or I'm just, I feel that New Japan kind of held things up. Maybe a smidge. But you don't, it's not one that you want to be right about. Correct. Like you want that line to continue. That's just given New Japan's history that you've seen with their merch. You just feel that they're going to be like, eh, no more series three and let's call it. Yeah. Well, I hope you're wrong. Much like JT does. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too. You have a good history with being wrong with predictions. Uh, yes. So fingers yes. crossed. <laughs> yes. Which means I'm going to be a hundred percent wrong and we'll get series four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott backstage plessets. You think we're getting them? Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of something I touched on in my predictions for 21. I really think with the success of that War Games playset, it's going to open Mattel's eyes for sure. So JT, those are some solid predictions. You know what? I'm going to screenshot JT. And if I remember next year, I'm going to screenshot his email and we'll see if he's correct. Oh, I love it. We should get another batch of predictions then because we had quite a few. So I want to see some more from JT so we can get a good a good round of how did we do for 21. All right, Scott, you got to remind me in December of 2021 that I have to read off JT's predictions, see if that he was correct. Dude, I'm not going to remember in two minutes that we have to do that. I know you won't. (laughs) I'm very old. Scott, we are bringing back the nostalgia segment. And we felt that since it's going to be, well, as I said earlier, January 3rd when the show drops, but we are flipping the calendar to 2021. We felt that it was time to start on WWE Mattel Elite Series 1. Let's cue Bane's music. Scott, we are doing Mattel Elite Series 1. We're going back to when that calendar flipped to 2010. And we're starting off with Mattel Elite Series 1. Mattel Elite Series 1. First up, Edge. You got Edge in his black gear, long black jacket, and elbow pad accessories. Next up, Undertaker. And Undertaker was packaged with his long black coat, hat, And, Jeff, one elbow pad. Not two. Just one elbow pad as the accessories. Just one? Just one. One elbow pad. That's it. 
Edge got two. Undertaker got one. Mattel didn't have the budget to put in a second elbow pad. <laughs> Could have been Chinese New Year rolling over from Jax. Moving on, <laughs> we have CM Punk, and he was in his gray gear, and he was also packaged with the taped fists t-shirt accessory. Love that shirt. Next up, Rey Mysterio, and he was in his black and purple gear, and for his accessories, he was packaged with a t-shirt and one of the mask-slash-hoods that would go over his regular mask. And last up in the actually released to retail Mattel Elite Series 1 figures, MVP. And MVP was packaged in his black gear with blue trim. And for his accessories, he had a headband and a set of chains for the accessories. Last but certainly not least, unreleased, was the Jeff Hardy figure. And he was unreleased to retail due to his departure to TNA, which is weird because... He actually showed up on TNA on their very first show of 2010 in January. Same show that Hulk Hogan showed up to, which you will also remember. They made a whole to-do with Hogan traveling to the arena. Yes. And as soon as Hogan got into the ring, he talked about how he had been in the back all day. (laughs) You blew it right out of the gate, sir. Oh, TNA. We would eventually get that Jeff Hardy figure from Mattel as an entrance grate later on. And that rounds out Mattel Elite Series 1. A lot of these Jeff Hardy figures actually leaked from the factory in China. They did, yes. So a lot of people actually got their hands on them. But the other bad thing is, is that a lot of people were actually making customs of them and selling them on eBay as the actual figure. So a lot of people couldn't tell if it was the correct Jeff Hardy and it it got to be a cluster. People were overpaying for bootlegs and... Yeah, a lot of fakes out there. A lot of fakes. Anyways, if you notice, this was a very dark series. Like, Undertaker was in all black. Edge, he had the black jacket. MVP was wearing the black suit that he wears. Rey Mysterio was in black. The only colorful one was CM Punk. Pretty much, and that was just gray. And even that had black accent in the gear. But you're right, every figure I mentioned, black gear, black gear, and more black gear. (laughs) <laughs> it was, right. I mean, a great assortment because you've got to look at this list and the only one not in WWE anymore or even associated with them is CM Punk. And even he was associated in a small way on that talk show that he was doing on Fox. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. 10 years later, almost 11 years later, we still have all of these guys minus CM Punk in WWE. So what did you think of the figures when you first saw them? You could immediately tell that they were quote unquote elite. You got basics, you got elite, you could put the two side by side, you could definitely tell a difference, especially that CM Punk with the colorful tattoos that he had, which as you mentioned, he was probably the most colorful one out of series one. You could definitely tell there was something extra and that warranted the extra price tag that was attached to the elite series. See, I love the Rey Mysterio. I love the mask that came with him. The CM Punk, I I, I had to have right away. When I saw that figure, I was like, yeah... I'm glad Mattel got the license because these figures are great. Yeah, they were awesome. And the inclusion of the accessories, it gave it that added value. And it was like, okay, fine. I will pay extra for these figures just for the look of those accessories. Specifically, the tattoos on CM Punk, that's not an accessory, but it is a colorful looking figure. And that's a lot of attention to detail on the tattoos. But the long coats on Taker and Edge added value to the figure. Definitely made it worth that extra price tag. And the one elbow pad. (laughs) Yes, one (laughs) elbow pad. Edge got a jacket, Taker got a jacket. 
Edge got two elbow pads, but Taker got a hat. So thus, <laughs> Taker only gets one elbow pad. <laughs> so what I did today, today being December 30th, I went in and pulled the eBay listings for each of these figures as of today, December 30th, 2020. For the Rey Mysterio, there are two on eBay right now that range, well, one is $150 and the other is $189.95. What's funny, dude, is I was actually watching Wrestle Days. He's a YouTube personality that talks about wrestling figures. He talks about, uh, he does reaction videos of wrestler, you know, stuff like that. Really good guy. Really, really positive guy. But he actually did a video on the Series 1. And I was kind of watching it. And he was doing 2017 prices for these. And like Undertaker Loose was like 25 bucks. That's almost what you paid for at Mint on Card back in the day. Right. The MVP Mint on Card, I can't remember how much that one, but it, it definitely isn't what I'm about to announce. I'll sit, definitely say that. Rey Mysterio at the time was 60 bucks, and now we're talking about 150 189 CM Punk, there are two on eBay right now. One is going for $245, and the other is $250. Yeah, this is the wrestling figure business that we are in right now. MVP, there are two on eBay right now. Both are $199.99. Edge, with two elbow pads. There are four on eBay right now, ranging from $150 to $200. Undertaker, with the hat and jacket and one elbow pad. There are three on eBay, ranging from $109 to $169. And I went to pull the Jeff Hardy, but there were so many bootlegs on there. And it's pretty obvious that they were bootlegs that I couldn't get an actual price. Now, when Wrestling Days was doing his video, he said there was one on eBay when he did his video back in 2017. And he goes in, you can get it for the cheap price of $10,000. <laughs> oh, right. Man. Wow. So those are that's how much those elites are going for right now. So basically, you just gave us the price points in 2020, and you can go back and watch Wrestle Days' video to see what these were back three or four years ago. Man, are we pricing people out of our hobby? That's my big concern. It's getting there, dude. It really is. Um, and maybe because we're old, but we never had this issue with wrestling figures, and we've talked about this before. Before, it was about spawn. It was about starting lineups. That's where the heavy price tags came in and it was never regarding wrestling figures and that's what we're facing right now is everybody's going to the stores and they're scooping up all of aew series two and turning around and flipping them on macari or ebay yep or some of the facebook groups that we're in for wrestling figures for a hefty hefty price and you're right scott are we pricing people out that's a great question and i would love to hear people with their responses are we pricing people out i know there are some people that are really frustrated because scalpers are now hitting our hobby and usually this was regarding other stuff regarding remember parkas remember when parkas were <laughs> yes you know everybody you, had one if you grew up in the 90s oh yeah and there were bootlegs but there was also the starter ones that you had to have and those would sell out quick and people on the secondary market would up the prices on certain teams like unlv or dallas cowboys now we're facing and i hear eric on doing the favor always talk about the shoe game the jordans and all that stuff those always come with a hefty price tag on the secondary market but that's been though that's that's been the trend i mean the shoe game is is nothing new with the wrestling figures though it's really something that's new to us in the wrestling figure hobby really over the last four or five years right that's really when we've seen that spike hit 
And to me personally, it's very frustrating. Being on a limited budget, I feel like I'm getting priced out of my own hobby. If I miss out on a figure, it's not so easy to go back and just buy it on the secondary market a year or two later or even six months later because guess what? It's going to be out of your price range. And the price that you're going to spend on that figure, you could get three or four brand new figures. And so suddenly you're having holes in your collection. That is what it is. My bigger concern is going back and collecting the old school figures, be it Toy Biz, your favorite, Jeff, LJNs, Hasbros, Galoobs, Remcos, even some Jacks. The prices on those are going so high that you want to tell people about them. Yeah, you guys should go back and collect these. They're such awesome figures. You go look at the prices on them. Holy crap. Okay, fine. We'll start scraping the bottom of the barrel and getting the cheaper ones, but we'll take Hasbro's, for example, of course. Once you start getting into the later series, you're seeing a lot of holes in people's collections because nobody can afford to buy those. Yes, they're older figures. It is what it is at this point. But four or five years ago, those figures were way more affordable and well within reason to be like, okay, these are holes in the collection I need to fill. I'm just going to take however much out of my figure budget and just buy them. There's no way you could do that now. You're having to take a second out on your house to afford the green card series and the Hasbros. And while it's great for those of us that have the figures, the part of me that wants those old figures to carry on and to watch people new to the hobby or getting back into the hobby to go back and collect those older figures, it's almost impossible. Yeah, you can get the common figures for a decent price. That's great. But it's it's very very low odds that you're going to be able to complete that checklist. And that's the part to me that's kind of a killer. <laughs> Wait till we get our $2,000 stimulus check if we do get one, Scott. Yeah, come on, Mitch. Step <laughs> up to the plate, man. Approve that shit. Come on, you snapping turtle. Let's go. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> but Give us our $2,000. Can you imagine the next round of stimulus spikes that we're going to see? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Suddenly, everybody's going to be like parading around their green card Hasbros. Hey, look, I got one Billy Gun. Yay, me. And it cost my whole stimulus check. <laughs> That's actually the truth. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of wrestling figure collectors filling their holes in their collection. But the flip side of that is there go the prices again. Yep. And that's the bad thing. And like you said, it's getting, you're getting priced right out, dude. It's frustrating to go to a Walmart and not be able to find something on the pegs. And of course it's the old side of us. Oh man, we used to go to KB Toys and Toys R Us. You know, back in our day, we used to ride our bikes uphill in the snow to Toys R Us, you know, <laughs> but, at yes. the, but at the same time, it's like, we think of those memories of being able to go to a toy store and be able to just pluck things off of a peg, no problem. And we miss those days so much and where we go to a store and we don't have to go to seven different stores to see if something is in stock. You know, back in the day, if KB Toys didn't have it at Stone Ridge Mall, we'd go over the overpass to Toys R Us. We'd more than likely be able to find what we were looking for over there. And we went to two stores. Now we're ending up having to waste gas where gas is $3.20 out here. And you have to go to seven stores to see if AEW Series 2, even one figure from AEW Series 2 is in stock. I don't mind hunting. As you just talked about, we used to hunt all the time. We'd go out sometimes every day of the week and twice on Saturday. And that's not an exaggeration. We would do that, especially, Jeff, I know you remember this summer in 96. Oh, yeah. Monday through Friday and twice on Saturday. 
we were toy hunting. And it was fine because most of the pegs, as you mentioned, were full. I don't mind hunting today. I don't even mind going to the secondary market if I have to, to get a figure. The problem that we have is there are dollar signs on our, and when I say our figures, I mean our wrestling figures. We're all part of that hobby. Our wrestling figures now have dollar signs on them, be it variants, be it chases, be it AEW figures, which are super scarce. It's harder to get your hands on these things because people now know there are dollar signs attached to them. So they're grabbing all of them up and they're selling them on the secondary market for higher prices. Not everybody is in the fig life, cost plus shipping. People are looking to make a quick buck off of these things. We didn't have that in the past, as you mentioned, Jeff. Those were reserved for those being the scalpers. They reserved their space for McFarland figures, be it sports or spawn, starting lineup. It was never in wrestling figures, ever. Now, with Mattel's, especially over the last four or five years, there is a demand for these. There's dollar signs attached to them. People are buying them and trying to flip them. And good or bad, I don't I don't care what side of the fence you're on, good or bad, that has now caused the price of our figures to go up. Has also caused a shortage on the pegs for a lot of the harder to find figures, which we don't mind hunting. But if we miss out and we have to go to the secondary market, that's where we end up screwed. So... Again, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, but that effect on our hobby has definitely caused a shortage on the pegs, specifically, Jeff, to your point, AEW figures. And it's, in my opinion, it's not a good thing because it's really just sending everybody in mass to the secondary market. It's great for the people that are flipping figures, not so great for the people that are out hunting them. You're probably going to find them anyway if you're out hunting religiously, but it's harder for those that are more of the casual hunter. And kudos to issue a kudos to RSC. I've been seeing a lot more people get their one of five hundreds. They've ordered Moxley's and they're randomly putting them into boxes. That's the way to do it. If you get, if you do get those figures, that's how you do it. And kudos to you. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that Jeff. Cause I mentioned them a couple of weeks ago that maybe it wasn't the right way they were doing it. They corrected it. And yes, absolutely. 100% kudos to making it a true chase. That was the spirit of the chase and RSC has definitely played into that and kudos to them for sure. And congratulations to Travis Fowler who actually found a Jericho. Yep. Found a Jericho on the pegs, a Jericho chase. That's incredible. And that is quote unquote thrill of the hunt. Travis got it. He got the Mark bumps and I'm so happy for him. (laughs) The Mark bumps. What are the Mark bumps? Mark bumps. When you find something great and it gives you like goosebumps. But we're all wrestling fans, so they're mark bumps. Wouldn't they be figure bumps? Okay. Fi- or, or hey, even better, fig life bumps. Fig life bumps. All right. Mark Quindi- bumps are what happened when Seth Rollins came out and cashed in his money in the bank at WrestleMania playback. <laughs> Those were mark bumps. Everybody in Toronto during Hogan and Rock at 18. Oh, were- dude, I'm getting mark bumps right now. You mentioned that. <laughs> oh, God, that was electric, wasn't it? That was incredible. Everybody watching and there had mark bumps. Yes, that is my biggest regret, or I should say live event regret. There was no reason I could, well, okay. Alana was like three months old. But still, that's one that I probably should have gone to. My biggest regret was just there was this one girl one time. Okay, moving on. Okay, so anyways, yeah, that, that was a mark bump. Anyways, 
It wasn't baby elephant at the birthday party. It was anyway, moving on. <laughs> Actually, that rounds out the show, Scott. We did got through series one of the WWE Mattel Elite figure. Oh, your favorite figure. Oh, of the first one? Uh CM Punk. I'm gonna go Jeff Hardy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the Rey Mysterio is actually close because I love the mask, but yes. I'm actually, I'm going to go CM Punk. I thought they did well in the tattoo. I love how they threw in the, uh, the double fish shirt. I love the way he was all taped. I don't know. I, I just love that figure. I'm glad I got it signed in Chicago. So I'm going to go uh, CM Punk series one. I'm going to go Rey Mysterio. I love the inclusion of the hood or mask, the extra accessory. And then the t-shirt, his gear is spot on. The figure's great. I'm going to go Rey Mysterio. I wish I would have gotten that one now that I look back at it. I saw that one on the pegs quite a bit too, especially at the Tracy Walmart when I was working out there. Saw Rey Mysterio a lot. And I wish I would have picked it up because I would have loved to have had him sign it back at WrestleMania. Well, he wasn't with the company, but uh, he was at WrestleCon. And I got his, oh, what is it? Elite 24 with the uh, white mask and the black outfit. The nice. That was I, awesome. Yeah. The only bad part is, is he signed in silver Sharpie. This was pre-paint pen days. Ugh, if we could only go back and correct that. If I had a time machine, I would definitely go back and redo those signatures. Is that the only thing you would use the time machine for? No, there's so many others, dude. <laughs> so many others. But that's definitely one I would go back and correct. I would have a bag of paint pens with me in the car. Yeah, there's this one girl. If I used Okay, the, if, okay on. anyways. Okay. Scott, that, that rounds out the show. Uh, head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com. We did talk about Hasbro's. We talked about older figures. Unfortunately, Mattel Elites are not on there, but Retros, LJNs, Hasbro's, Galoobs, Just Toys Bendems, and Defining Moments are on there. So head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com or Toy underscore Tracker on Twitter. Scott. Scott, are you there? I'm waiting. Yes. Oh, waiting oh, for my go. cue. You're what? I'm waiting for my cue. Oh, I thought you said your pube. Eagle Moss. <laughs> well played, Jeff. Yes, guys, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eagle Moss. They have a ton of properties under their umbrella from DC to Battlestar Galactica and, of course, to WWE. When you subscribe to their statue service, they will ship you all of the new statues as they're released, and they will also send you a very, very cool display ring to display those statues in. Again, you need statues for your pop culture or WWE fan in your life. Eagle Moss has them. Give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. I'm going to throw it back to the podcast buddies real quick. Breaker and Bane, as always, kicking it off. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Check out Power Hour Pro Wrestling too on YouTube, where Breaker and Bane do commentary over AI matches. Scott, I'm still in the gym working on my AI. Are you working on your ability to break up a pinfall on your tag team partner? TBD, Scott. TBD. All right, all right. I'm gonna hold you to that. They were, man. They worked us over too, man. They were working over the arm like Arn and Tully did to Ricky Morton when they won the tag titles. Or it was almost like the Brain Busters versus Strike Force at WrestleMania Five. Let's not go there. Okay. Let's baggage. Uh, Jeffrey, baggage. Uh, correction, Scott. WrestleMania Four. Brain Busters and Strike Force. Oh, Brain. Oh. oh no, I'm sorry. I thought Demolition. I was thinking Demolition. I'm Shame sorry. Shame on you. 
Shame. Shame. <laughs> also, Breaker has a new side project that's called, you know it's fake, right? You can check that out. That is a fantastic name for a podcast. Love it. I actually interview Breaker in one of the episodes later on. You'll be hearing that later on in January. Also, I want to send it over to Doing the Favor. Congrats on winning the PHPW Tag Championships. Uh, Scott and I are after them. As I said, Barry was ripping you, dude. For not dropping the baggage? Yeah, talking about the weight. <laughs> okay, we'll go with your theory. All right. Anyways, uh, Eric, as I said, man, we're thinking of you over here. Also, check out their website, doingthefavor.com, where you can check out the UPCs and the SKUs as well for elites, AEW figures, and other figures. So, again, doingthefavor.com and check out their podcast. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Steve, Eric, we love you guys over here. Check out their show, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, where they always try to keep it positive. Sometimes it's not positive, though. Oh, really? Like when he talks about you? I blame Steve. Yeah, he calls me a dick. That's not positive. That crushed me. Positive. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. All because of that comment. It should be unpositively pro wrestling because it's not positive. You see what people call you when you don't save your tag team partner? <laughs> These are the things that happen, Jeff. Uh, anyways, positively pro wrestling podcast. Check out the Chick Foley show with Sashina and Marco. We're headed over there. They're coming over here. We're going to have a crossover. Red Rover. Red Rover. Come on, dude. You played that in grammar school, didn't you? Or elementary no, school? No, we played Rochambeau. <laughs> I'm glad the game changed by the time you were in school. Wow. Okay. Why do you no, think we I played Red Rover? Why do you think I don't have any kids? <laughs> oh, there's so many reasons, but we'll just drop it. <laughs> Continue. Anyways, check out the Chick Fil A show on iTunes. Also, Wrestling Cheers podcast. Justin, thank you again for your weekly questions, man. You were a blessing in a bright spot of 2020. So thank you so much for your weekly questions. We look forward to them. Uh, put a bunch of them in the can and then just send them on over. We'll play one each week. But Justin, congratulations also on your fantasy football championship. Scott, I too won a fantasy football championship. Yeah, we heard you told us 250 bucks. Okay. Well, no, that was the one that was the league. I won second in because I got first place, which you get money for. You get 50 bucks for first place. You get 50 bucks for most points. Unfortunately, I didn't win the championship. So I only won 150 bucks in only. So I won 250 bucks in that league, but I won 160 for winning the championship in the Johnson League. Oh, very nice. Yes. The Johnson League is Celeste League, but yeah, I, I defeated my arch nemesis. His name is Arlie. I defeated him. He, why is he your arch nemesis? He's such he, a nice guy. Oh, dude. He gets ultra competitive in <laughs> fantasy football. Really? Oh, he's very competitive. He's one of those people you love outside of fantasy football. Like he's just a great guy and you, you know, you bro hugs all the time when you see him and stuff like that. But when you get onto the fake fantasy football field, dude, it's game on. Wow. Okay. So you were happy to show him up. So all you need to wear to the next draft is your shit eating grin. Yeah. That's all I'm wearing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Not even your skimpies. You're just wearing your grin. Yep. Just weren't. I may pull a Shawn Michaels and pose with the uh, belt over my. <laughs> well played, dude. <laughs> also, you. I'm happy I'm not in that league. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin, again, and congratulations. Check out the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. RJ, happy New Year's to you and your family. Also, check out that sweet velvety voice of Ruckers over at Boots of the Face and Marty. 
check out our show, Lucha Libre Figures and Facts, where we talk about Lucha Libre wrestlers. You can check out that show on the Lucha Central Network at luchacentral.com. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, what you got? Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Our show that dropped this past Friday is basically FU COVID. We talk about everything that COVID cost us in 2020 that mostly revolved around wrestling. Most of us were slated to go to WrestleMania. That fell apart. No live shows. We gripe about it for about 25 minutes. It's a nice little FU COVID episode. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts at. And again, on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk, where we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Nice. What else did COVID take away? Um, uh, from the uh, that you guys talked about on the show, I don't remember. We recorded a long time ago, and I'm very old, Jeff. Oh, oh, so you need to go into 2021 predictions in December, and we're gonna see mine, yours, and JT's predictions. See, I just remembered that 2021's looking up, dude. My memory's getting better. I was supposed to have forgotten that already. <laughs> I actually am curious if you're gonna remember JT's predictions. No, you got a screenshot, right? I did. I'm not even gonna remember my predictions. <laughs> next year i'm making you go back and listen to the episode and type out the notes <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> jokes on you jerk <laughs> here i try to be a bad guy damn it, you call me on it uh also check out our fun loving buddies of marty and sarah love wrestling on itunes and every single day ryan buds does trivia across the board is it disney trivia is it the office trivia what kind of trivia is it for that particular day? You got to check it out. You also check out Ryan Buds on Facebook. He actually does a lot of live streams over there that you can play along. So uh, check out Trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, first and foremost, the amazing, the incredible Jason Wolf. If you need artwork of any type, Jason is your guy. Hit him up on his website, Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. You can get a commission from him. You can buy one of his prints or you can get in touch with him just to shoot the stuff. And that's also where he sells his custom Hasbro figures. So you've got to stay tuned to his social media to know when those are going to be dropping. That is at the art of Jason Wolf on Twitter and also on Facebook. He'll give clues. He'll give on sale dates. You head to the website, you buy the figures, you get them in the mail and you're giddy. You get fig life bumps because they are incredible. Again, Jason Wolf on Twitter at the art of Jason Wolf, or just go straight to his website, doyledraws.com. And of course, Jeff, I want to throw it out to Richard Yule, who is putting on Podcasticon, and that is happening from January 1st, which already happened, to January 3rd. That's today, if you're listening Sunday. Our show has already dropped. It dropped this past Friday. We contributed to Podcasticon. We are honored to be a part of it. So many others contributed and are a part of it as well. Definitely check it out on Twitter at Podcasticon. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts at. Give the Twitter a follow for more instructions. Richard Yule, you did a hell of a job. Well done, sir. And finally, Jeff, Tim on Twitter at a chair shot does have a podcast coming. Trailer is coming very, very soon. Stay tuned to his Twitter for a trailer on his upcoming podcast. I can't wait to hear it. I'm sure you can't either, so give Tim a follow on Twitter at a chair shot. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Scott, as my voice fades off into sight. Don't you start. What? No, don't do that. Retire uh, that bit. No, never. Okay, keep it going. James loves it. James does love it. 
man, 2020 was a year, wasn't it? Ugh. I mean, look, as as figure collectors, overall, I would say that we were blessed. We didn't get our NJPW Super 7 figures. We did get our Super 7 Andre figures. We got a slew of incredible figures from Mattel. Great figures from Figures Toy Company. Super blessed to be... And we got those Hogan Storms. We talked about our top 10s last week. Great figure year, but overall, a lot of sadness, it seems. And I'm happy to be done with it. I'm really happy to be done with 2020. I'm glad that 2021 is here. It's it's a blank canvas to paint your picture on. So I hope everybody has a great 2021. Let's start it off right. Well, we have tomorrow after the show drops, we have New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. So I think we are to start it off right. Yes, we're looking for the positives this year, folks. No more negatives. We had enough of that in 2020. Let's kick it off with positives. Absolutely. Scott, for the first episode of 2021, anything else? Happy New Year. Happy 2021, everyone. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig life since 2016. And happy toy hunting. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Ah, you were supposed to leave that in 2020, dude. Oh, was I? But I guess it's always relevant. Continue. I I guess so. Anyways, thank you to everyone for listening to episode 259. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.